Why not? A queer podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why not? A queer podcast. Episode 54. Ooh. Ooh. Do you remember? We should have gone to the studio for this one. We should. Should we? Studio 54. Ah. I was. I don't know why. We could have done all kinds of drugs and just. (laughs) What do you mean, could have? Um, I was thinking, you remember Car 54, Where Are You? Oh, yeah. That's where my mind went. Way to way to really uh, honor your age bracket there, <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> that show is way before my age. But uh, thanks to Nick at Night in the 80s, I know about uh, Car 54, Mr. Ed, Make Room for Daddy. I could have been a child in the 50s. <laughs> was it called Make Room for Daddy? Yeah. Yeah, that was Danny Thomas. Make room for Dan. I thought for sure you were listing a new reality series on Out TV. (laughs) Hey, that is copywritten Out TV. If you make a show, (laughs) I get to host it. Uh, Yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine one day that we get so popular that Out TV asks us to host a reality show. Mm. Imagine we get so popular MTV or VH1 asks us to host. We ain't never going to get that popular. Uh, you know, if MTV called and they were like, we'd like you to host a show, I would say, I'm going to pass on that because I don't know a single show on your network now. I think that is, maybe. Is Real World still on the air? I don't know. I don't know either. I think Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race is on MTV now, so I know that one. Um, I don't know. Any yeah, I, don't know. I um, assume they're back to doing I know music videos. I, was I, don't say, know. I know it's not music videos. <laughs> I think the only show that we'd be qualified to host would be on Out TV called Faux Fierce. <laughs> um, I don't know. No disrespect, but um, Logo, ever since they took uh, RuPaul's Drag Race away from them, um, from what I hear, 90% of their programming is Mama's Family reunions or uh, uh, reruns. So they may be looking for the new breakout yeah, show. Yeah, and I know one person who Logo is their new favorite channel. That it's probably the same person who told me Mama's Family. Yeah. Is, the only thing on <laughs> is it like Mama's Family and Buffy? Didn't they? Weren't they playing <gasps> Buffy for a while? If they were, I'm going to get cable again because uh, everybody. I think it's on Hulu now, but it keeps being pulled back and forth, like different streamings. And that's one of my comfort shows that I have to have on all the time. So if they're streaming Buffy on it, why I did not let Buffy rest in peace? Mm, they tried pick that. A, pick us. Pick us a thing. Oh, she needed <laughs> to save the world again. So. Bring her back. But what for? So her boyfriend could end it all? What? Which one? Angel. Oh. Dude, that's like the first early seasons. <laughs> she moved on. <laughs> she I know moved she on had a spike. She had a stent with Spike, yeah. Yeah. Until he attempted to assault her. Well, yeah. We won't get into that. You know, I just it's it's so interesting. Like that that the I mean Angel's a spinoff of Buffy. It is, yes. And then in Buffy, they defeat everybody and they go on. And then at the very last episode of Angel, it basically is like the demons win. You don't know that. He goes into battle. And you also don't know if Tony Soprano got whacked. But guess what? He got whacked. (gasps) I don't know if we're allowed to talk about him now because he died. (laughs) Well, Tony Soprano got whacked. You don't know. That's the whole point of the ending the episode like that is it's up to your interpretation. In your mind, Angel and Tony Soprano were both killed. No, I, I mean, in my I, mind, they fought through. You know, like they came out a, on top. I mean, I get right that there's that they do this in shows, I'm like, hey, but the director and the producer, like whoever made it, knows what happened. I mean, they might. They wrote the story. They I know don't know happened. about the creator of Sopranos. Josh Whedon has never come out and said what happened after. Angel. I believe that Sopranos came out and said he died. I don't know. Google that. 
I'm not. I don't think they came. I think that it's the same thing when people ask. They're like, "It's what do you think? It's up to your interpretation." I don't think any of the show creators actually came out and said. No, see, it's. I think that they did in Sopranos because I, you know, like we look these things up, right? Like a league of their own. Did Dottie Henson drop the ball on purpose, or did she drop it on accident? Trying she dropped to get it on kit? purpose, of course. It was. <laughs> she did not. But see, now that's open to interpretation. And what's fun about that is Gina Davis is on record for saying, She knows. I know. And she ain't going to tell you. But I ain't going to tell you. So you ain't never going to know. Yes. Hmm? Tony dies. Tony dies. Who said that? And that better not be a quote from Rick's Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rickipedia.com. <laughs> huh? Who, but who said it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, they probably said it. We talked to the producer. I mean, is it an opinion said, piece saying No, because there was somebody that said creator. I think it was like the creators of blah, blah, blah have. The show's creator has now revered. Has not revered. Yeah. Well. That show's creator is an idiot because um, he, didn't, he didn't get whacked. Caitlin, could you please walk over to the board and put one tick mark under my name? <laughs> There's no score. I just No, I just remember reading it. I probably did. Well, I canceled my subscription at Square a long time ago. So that's probably why I didn't read it. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, here we are, fifty-four. Yeah. Hey, listen, we got fifty-four episodes in. So, if you um, have listened to the previous fifty-three and have some comment you'd like to make, <laughs> shoot us an email. It's at still open. WWN at watermarkonline dot com. That's watermark or wine, why not? WWN at watermark. And if email is just too personal for you, <laughs> we also have the comment sections open in our Facebook and our Instagram. Feel free to leave a if message. If you would like your well. critique of our podcast to be a little bit more public, then go yeah, ahead and hit us sure. up on the Instas. Yeah. On the Insta threads. Are we on threads yet? No. Uh, we're not cool enough. No. Um, <laughs> we, need, we need 10 more listeners before I we will, can I will tell you what. When people actually start checking their threads, we'll open a thread. <laughs> Do you have a threads? No. Watermark has a thread. Yeah. But I don't but know who anybody who goes to that. Caitlin, do you have a threads? No. Uh... Here's the thing. Because even through threads is owned by, obviously, Meta. Um, and they have their Meta suite that you can keep track of your numbers on Facebook and Instagram. They don't even have threads linked up to their Meta suite. So not even they care who's looking at your that, threads. That sounds like some new, like... Um, some new generation way of like taking Wicked from Boston. I mean, like, it's Wicked Cool. They got meta threads, man. Meta threads. No. Do not <laughs> laugh at that. I will throw you out. That is not funny. I like <laughs> I like that Caitlin subscribes to that, that Rick is the boss. Whatever he says, I laugh at. It doesn't matter. Do you know what's funny is I'm not Jen's boss, but she laughs at everything I say, too. I surround myself with people who laugh at what I say, which is why I spend mm. most of my time in St. Pete because Jeremy doesn't laugh at my jokes. So does Donald Trump. <laughs> 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 I'm just trying to keep you from setting off the nukes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, well, look how look how look how uh, high those <laughs> things go up when you laugh at me. <laughs> You. It looks like a woodpecker. I don't like my laugh. Looks like a woodpecker on that thing. <laughs> all right, so that's a, that's about the bit of our housekeeping. That's pretty yeah. much all that we have. We got it all out of the way. You know, um, I'm hoping I had a what I like to call a Jeremy week. So I'm hoping you had a non-Jeremy week. What was your? How was your week? Um, my week was okay. Um, I uh, for the first time in a while went on a second date. 
Um, so that was nice. It was fun. Went to Hawkers and. Uh, Ooh, what uh, did, you, did you get the roadie? No, I got the um, the ramen. I guess oh, yeah? when we went and uh, the guy I went on a date with, he was uh, he recommended the ramen because I don't I don't think I've ever been to Hawkers before. It did not look familiar. Um, but then again, I go into places all the time and then I'm like, oh, I walk out and I forget that I ever was there. Um, so I might have been there in the past, but I don't ever remember being there. So he recommended the ramen. Did he? Is he? Is he? He's? Is he graduated from college? Yes, he is forty years old. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just like, I for some reason in my brain, I wanted it to be a college student that invited you over to his house for ramen, and he's like, "Do you want chicken or beef?" Uh, I would have done it. That. Here's the thing, though. If you're, you know, if you're hard up for cash and you ain't got money and all you have is ramen and you're like, hey, come over and I'll cook for you, make ramen. That's still charming. That's still adorable. I'll still put out for you. <laughs> what night was this? Uh, I don't know. Was it Friday? No, it was in the middle of the week. Oh, OK. Because it was funny because I told him I was like, I, this, uh, this is a big deal because I normally don't come out on school nights. And he said, are you in classes? And I was <laughs> like, no, it was, it's a metaphor. <laughs> Um, He's like, are you in classes? Because you know when I said ramen, <laughs> I'm at a restaurant. <laughs> so we went out, we ate, and um, uh, interesting thing is while we're sitting there, we were talking about TikTok, um, and uh, he was like talking. He was telling me about TikTok, and he's like, "Do you um, do you make TikToks?" So I said, "No, no, no." I, I said, "I have a TikTok account, but I have not. I don't have a single video that I made on it." I said, I just like to scroll through. So he pulled his up and he says, oh, I have, you know, I, I don't, he goes, I don't have a lot of followers. I just, you know, I like to TikTok and make um, like body positivity videos and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Let me see. I want to see your TikTok. So he pulled it up. He's got like 19,000 followers, which seems like a lot to me. But he's like, oh, no, in, in TikTok, like, you know, 19 is nothing. So I was like, OK, so he puts on TikTok live at the table. He goes, I'll show you how it works. We had 900 people watching us on our first date or our second date. And they're like, oh, you're a cute couple. And then it's like, wh who are, what does he do? And then this one guy kept going, ask him if he knows who Lana Del Rey is. Ask him, does he know who Lana Del Rey is? And I was like, why does that guy keep asking me about Lana Del Rey? So I guess I got a little um, um, dad and i was just like stop asking me you dumb kid and he goes all right we'll see you all later bye and then he turned it on but i was like i don't want 900 people watching me eat ramen you turn that shit off it was nice though it uh it uh it was, uh, it was fun it's what the kids do they, we, we put the little tiktok live on and then uh just chatted you with... were like the truman show for like two minutes i know i didn't like it <laughs> i don't know how i feel about that I don't like people videotaping me on their phones just yeah. to videotape a moment. I'm like, take a picture. Don't videotape. Yeah. I don't mind. Like, if it's just like you're recording or whatever, you know, you're recording a, a, a you're podcast. having a, little, a fun little thing. <laughs> no, like you're at with your family or your friends or whatever. That's fine. But yeah, the whole live streaming thing, it's like, I don't know these people. And you it know, was very weird. But you I know. used to, um, I, I used to drink a bit. I think we've been over this. Yeah. And there, I'm sure there's, a, I'm sure there's videos out there that, I mean, that ever they ever saw the light of day, you'd never hear from me again. Uh, but there's, <laughs> there's one in particular where I'm, I'm at Savoy with my friends, and I was wearing like a t-shirt and like a long sleeve shirt over it, and I decided that it was too hot inside to wear both, 
So I was going to take the T-shirt off, but I didn't want to take all my clothes off at the bar. Sure. So I took my T-shirt off, wasted, while I had the other thing on. And like at one point, I got kind of stuck, and so I just started having fun with it. It was like, yeah, like I was being born out of the shirt. And then I look over, and somebody had videotaped the whole thing. Oh, my God. And I was like, throw that away. Just the whole phone. Just burn it right now. <laughs> I just don't like being videotaped. I don't know why that is. Because you're going to care and out? Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to be caught on film when they're doing something. I was, a, I was at a restaurant. Um, I, I love this restaurant, by the way. I don't know if it's a chain. I don't think it is. I mean, maybe there's probably a lot of places called Metro Diner. But in St. Pete, this is I just found it. It's called Metro Diner, and I love it. It's um, the food is super good. It's like Greasy Spoon. Food's really good. Um, but this <laughs> people came by, and this woman had like a, you know, like where like the kids are hanging all over, like, you know, like I don't know. I, I imagine like I went to to play with monkeys on a cruise once, and there were like eight monkeys on me, and I just feel like that's what her life is like. She's got, she's got kids hanging off all over, her. and she had the stroller, and she walks up and she parks it somewhere. And she looks at the waiter and she goes, this is fine right here. Not a question. This is fine right here. And he's like, "Uh, well, if you could just put her on the side. She goes, okay. And she left it and sat down. I was like, oh, my God. Somebody's getting Karen out right in front of us. Did you pull your phone out? No, I yelled at the waiter like a good Karen would. Um, No. (laughs) Didn't even occur to me. I was just enjoying the moment. It is your but how is the civic rest- responsibility <laughs> to record any and all Karens in the wild. Oh, goodness. Um, but the date was great. Um, yeah, is there going to be a third? I don't know. He lives in a different city, so he went back to his hometown. Uh, but he comes back and forth all the time. So Like a driving distance city or like... Um, like Seattle, like Washington. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, yeah. He lives in Seattle, Washington. But he has a house here in Florida, in Orlando. So he comes back and forth. But, like, I mean, I drive back and forth from St. Pete to Orlando like two or three times a week. What are we talking here? Once a month. That's, I mean, that's perfectly fine for what I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't need a relationship where I see you every day. <laughs> now, we're, you, it's just when he's in town, it's a friendly little thing. I might go see him in Seattle. Oh, very nice. So, um, but what did you meet? Um, through a friend at a bar. I normally don't go to bars, but a, a friend invited me to a bar. A friend, of your, a friend of yours was like, you like to be around other people for one hour a month. I've got the perfect guy for you. Uh, we just happened to be, I went to District Dive to have a drink with him. This was about a month ago. And uh, we were, it was just, it surprises me how many people I know until I go to a place like District Dive. I'm like, oh, hey, I know you. I know you. So we were like making our rounds, just, you know, people mingling. And then this guy came up, and he was a friend of uh, of my other friend. Uh, I feel like I'm talking in coke, so I don't I don't want to use their names without permission on the podcast because right. I don't want to call people out. Um, but well, I mean, um, did you did you get did he get consent before he Facebook lived or TikTok lived you? Well, he said I'm going to show you, and I said okay, oh, okay, but I didn't really understand what he was saying. I'm going to show you, and he just turned it on. I was like, oh hey, you were like here in the restaurant. Oh no, <laughs> I'm like oh god. No. Um. So uh, met him at the bar. We hung out, uh, made out a little bit at the bar, and then uh, and then he called me. He's like, "Hey, I'm back in town. Do you want to?" Because this was uh, about a month ago, and then he was <laughs> saying, "You want to get dinner?" So we got dinner, and then he was in town for a few more days. So we got dinner again. I appreciate the fact that you made out with a guy at a bar. Good for you. 
haven't done that in a while. What do you think is the age? What is, what is the cutoff age for that? Is there a cutoff age like, for making out? I no. mean, you're talking like making out, right? Like, I mean, no, no, not like ripping each other's clothes off and grabbing junk. Just and faces. Stuff. Just faces. Just faces. Faces like smashed together. Yeah. Like, not coming up for air for like 120 seconds. Mouths open, tongues out, and a little Hands noise stay, going on. Stay in the northern hemisphere. You know, high school. A little stuff. bit of every now and then. Ah, uh, yeah. Chewing on curd. Now there's got to be an age limit. Um, no. What do you think that no. age limit is? Here's the thing. 30? Because 20 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have said, ew, 30-year-olds don't kiss. That's gross. And now I am going to be 45 this year. And I'm like, if somebody wants to kiss me in a bar, kiss me in a bar. If you're 90 and you meet somebody and you guys hit it off and you want to kiss, make out. Do it. Listen, if the president- Life is short. If the president and Dr. Jill go out to a bar and get a little hammered and- Do it. I want to see some Biden bumping- <laughs> Oh God! No, no, thank you. I just wonder. You know, I was at a. It sort of reminds me. I went to a bar one time. I think it, it was called Cactus at the. No, it was Paradise at the time. It turned into St. Matthew's Tavern. Yeah. Um, and we were outside, and these friends of mine showed up, and they had this like, um, this 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 friend with them, and like just this like to me this stunning Brazilian guy, and. We just, I don't even think we said words to each other. Like, we had never met. I just knew he was friends of these friends. And we just kind of looked at each other and, like, stared at each other for a second and then just started making out. And it, it went on and on. It went on so long that the bartender started yelling at us. Like, because there was a guy there that had a dog in the car. Yeah. But the windows were rolled down and the dog was just sitting there. And he's like, this guy's trying to kill his dog. And you two won't stop. You won't pull your faces out of each other's faces. And you know what? We did not stop. No. Nor should you have to. I just, I think, I feel like it got uncomfortable. Like, I mean, we're talking, it had to be 30 minutes. Okay. I mean, maybe <laughs> take a breath and ask each other's names. <laughs> I mean, I think somewhere I found out that he worked at some hotel around. Yeah. Um, I will say, and I don't know if this is prevalent in the straight community, but I have heard so many stories of mostly gay men. Where they'll have an entire encounter with each other, and not a word is spoken. Since you asked, I did have one instance. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you mentioned making out, and you guys didn't say a word to each other. I came home from a date, and this was many, many years ago, when I was young and stupid and thin and hot. Um, and I had just come home from a date and I was on my back porch smoking a cigarette at my apartment complex. And across the parking lot, a guy came out. It was like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And a guy came out on his, um, out front, his front door and he was smoking a cigarette. And I'm, we're just sitting there almost two o'clock in the morning. And he does the little head nod to me and I head nod to him. And then he looks around and I look around and then he's like, nods for me to come over. So I went, I just kind of went, all right, I went in there. We walked in his apartment, got undressed, had sex, didn't say a word to each other, uh, finished up. I got dressed and I went back up, uh, back to my place. <laughs> Never said a word to each other. You know, in, in that story, I feel like if uh, Elizabeth McCarthy was cast as you in the story, <laughs> that, that the other guy would go to say something and then she would just put her face. Shh, shh, just shh. But hearing your story, I'm like, wow, that seems like it, it 
gay men just don't talk to each other. We just grunt and nod, and and we know what we want. You know, I I, I hope I didn't tell the story before, when, like during a gay days or something like that. Um, but there was there's one particular gay days, and I was single and. You know, nothing was happening. I hear you. And I was like leaving the Parliament House one night, and I was like, I can't believe this is the last night of Gay Days, and I didn't even kiss somebody. So I get in my car, I get it. I had valeted it because it was Gay Days, and it's impossible to find parking. Yeah. So they brought my car to me, and while I sat in my car, this really nice looking guy was walking by. So I just rolled my window and I yelled, "Hey!" And he looked over, and it's like. Like waved him over to get in. I said, "Just get in." And he opened yeah. the car door and sat down, shut it, and I drove off. And he, I was like, "So where do you live?" And he's like, "No English." <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was like, "No español." And he's like, mm. "So he just." And then you were like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he would just start pointing. And we ended up at his place. Sitting in you front of his, assume it's his place. Well, that's true. <laughs> sitting in front of a computer, Google translating conversation to each other until you know the conversation had reached its apex and it was time to move on to other parts of the evening. And then the weird part is is like he could hear somebody came home and it was his uncle who's bilingual. And oh, so no. he called his uncle into the room and he just kind of sat in a chair and he translated while we had a conversation. Did he light a cigarette and pour a <laughs> glass of wine? He's like, <laughs> what would you like him to do now? <laughs> uh, you know, good for I, you. Sometimes though. I get halfway into a story and I was like, I shouldn't be. I should always start with like, you know what, Ma, you can put the put the headphones down. Here's for a second, the thing. Ma. I am aware that there was a period of my life where I was what some people, I'll use air quotes, some people might call a little bit of a whore. (laughs) (laughs) My mother is aware of this stage of my life, so uh, she may have even heard that story already from me. Um, These stories from you are new to her, so she's learning a lot about you. Um, but yes, she's, I went through a she, very... She's right now is looking at someone else in your family and going, oh, Rick was a whore too. <laughs> That's why they get That's along. Good. That's good. Um, but yeah, the, the, I had a very promiscuous time in my life where things like that happened way too often than they should have. But it was, hey, you know, you it's know, your past. You learn from it. it. Yeah. I th- yeah. A lot of people go through it. I, um, I mean, I was a late bloomer. Yeah. I think most gay people are. I was, for the longest time, I felt like if I had sex with somebody, it meant I was going to marry them. I mean, until I was 25, I thought this. Yeah. Or 27, something like that. 25, maybe. And then I <laughs> then I had my first one night stand. <laughs> and then, you know. It happens. It's, it's how you grow. Did I ever tell you that Jen and I were pulled on stage at Hamburger Mary's to do a sort of newlywed type game? No. But it was, um, it was like gays and their hags um and that's when i think that's when jen was like no 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 gay associate because yeah they call them <laughs> fag yeah. hags and she didn't like that she's like i'm a gay associate i think the kids call them fireflies now yeah yeah, yeah. that's much nicer drawn to a flame nobody likes to be a hag no and so um but one of the questions was um how many sexual partners has your gay had you're gay <laughs> And um, there are many like him, but this gay is mine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There can be only one. Um, And Jen wrote a number down and I was like, 
shocked. I was like, no way. And then, you know, and then we tried counting. And I mean, that's oh. a futile thing. Because, you know, like you get to one night, you remember that one night? And then you start adding one, two, three. Four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just gets, it gets crazy. She wrote down 150. Isn't that crazy? And now this is like, this was like crazy because it's too high. 12 or crazy years ago. Because it's too low. I thought there's no way, but then we started counting. And I was like, I was like, and that's just that, that was just a two year period. Here's the thing though, because I've attempted to try to count my number, and I'm not going to say what my number is, but it made me feel good when I realized. There's 365 days in a year. So. <laughs> that number could be thousands. <laughs> so if you're a whore for a couple of years, I mean, you're you're teetering near a thousand people. So if you're not at a thousand, you're doing pretty good for yourself. Oh, I can't. I'm not near a thousand. I was like, I can't imagine somebody who could do that every day. But what I else can, did you do this? Week? But I can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I can see. Not that this ever happened to me. But I could see, like, you know, being in a back room of a New York bar and something a little nefarious happening. And then mm. you, you get in a cab and you're on your way home and your phone rings. And then you have to tell the cab driver to go to a different address. And Like like Lady, Lady Gaga says, one bar, another bar, airplane, another bar, another <laughs> bar. <laughs> Sometimes it's just girl. the weekend you have. Had a girl. Well, I didn't expect that we were, you know press record and 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 tell so much about ourselves yeah. today but it's nice to it's nice to that's tell. what happens in episode 54 hey, do you want to hear what i did this week <laughs> sure <laughs> i just want to point out that we celebrated caitlin's birthday we did <sighs> happy birthday there's happy still birthday. some birthday cake in the fridge too there sure is <laughs> there is some there is a piece of mangled oh. beat up. I I just want to say that refrigerator. I love everyone who works at Watermark. I love Bubba. But watching Bubba cut Caitlin's birthday cake in these weird geometric <laughs> shapes was baffling me. I want to tell you something, and I this is kind of funny because I wasn't really paying attention to that because I wasn't in the room, yeah. right? So everybody and staff came into the room that we're recording in right now to, to sing happy birthday to Caitlin, and then they teams called the rest of us that were in St. Pete so we could be a part of it. And I didn't see any of this, but apparently Dylan was paying close attention to it because he sent me a message on Teams that said, Bubba needs a class in cake cutting. <laughs> And I didn't even notice it. And then Bubba was in my office today and I was like, I was like, oh, let's call Dylan. And I pull up the thing and I've got that gigantic monitor and it pops up here in big letters and says, Bubba needs to learn how to cut a cake. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't, I don't know if he saw it. He's going to listen to the podcast. He's going to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But it's all funny. I just, what I love about birthdays at Watermark right now. Is that they're so tragic? They're such a chaotic mess. They, because like, we've got two offices across the state trying to sing "Happy right. Birthday" at the same time. I mean, and, um, you know that's my favorite thing in the world. Oh, yes. is a Zoom call, um, "Happy Birthday," because it's all off. Everybody's off. Like already, everybody's off key because nobody's a singer. And then like the timing's off because people's uh, internet connection lags, and it just cracks me up. It's my favorite thing. Um, but also, it's just chaotic because like. 
typically what we would do is like it's somebody's birthday so we all kind of get together and then like we'd call on the phone and then we'd all walk the cake into the person's office and sing to them and it's like hey it's a prize but yeah. now it's like this weird like middle school dance where everybody comes in stands in separate corners of this room <laughs> waiting on somebody to start singing and then randomly somebody's like uh, uh, happy birthday to and then the rest of us are like ha happy oh it, it's delightful it's a delightful wreck. Yes. If by delightful you mean horrible, yes. I know that it makes you uncomfortable because this kind of awkwardness makes you uncomfortable. But to me, I just, especially when I'm not here, I'm just laughing. I know. <laughs> and then we're sitting there and like the camera's pointing right at Caitlin and she's just sitting there waiting on something to happen. So she just kind of waves at us like, hey guys. Oh, it's heaven. It's yeah. so nice. It's a little weird. A little weird. So that was... Uh, so happy birthday to Caitlin. Happy I think she, birthday. She turned 16 this this time. So good. Yeah. Never ask a lady her age. But she gave it up. 28. Good for you. Tell us about your horror face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> um, I just got to say this, though, too. This is what my week was. I started watching TV again. Because my stories are back on. Your stories? The Chicago's. Ah. The Chicago's. They're um, Chicago Fire and Chicago Mad. I'm not a Chicago PD person because I want to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. The premise of that show is terrible. He was a bad guy on Chicago Fire. And then they said, you know what? Bad cop that breaks the rules and threatens um, firefighters and, and, and is a criminal. You get your own TV show about cops. Like, you know, oh, so now we're supposed to jump behind this band of renegade police officers? No, thanks. But although there was the one hot guy who was an undercover cop on Chicago Fire who went on there. And I was like, maybe. But um, anyway... The strike has thrown me off. Yeah. I don't like it. They, this happened before. Remember when, like, TV seasons and there used to be, like, you know, uh, what do they call them? Sweeps? And yeah. They, there used yeah. to be sweeps weeks and all that kind of stuff. And then that strike happened and then then it all got out of whack. And then all of a sudden there were summer series and the the, the start and end dates were weird and there wasn't sweeps Too many reality shows popping kind of, up. Yeah, yeah all, all, sort, of all yeah. sorts of things. Well, it's happened again. They've ruined television. It's hard for me to get back into it. I think yeah. it's because I started watching like these really incredible shows on on streaming services. Yeah, and you know, and then you network now, network television can't compete. Like, yeah, and and it's it's hard. And and it's anyway. I'm gonna get back into it. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of the worst of the worst shows that I ever watch is is called Fire Country. It's the worst of the worst. And we were like, Jen was like, oh, the strike happened. There's no reason to go back. I've forgotten all about it. And I was like, I'm going to sneak it on. Five minutes, you're going to be sucked in. And then you're going to have to watch this terrible show. Because it's like a guilty pleasure. It's not really. It's just so melodramatic and so dumb. But we're hooked. Yeah. So we watch it. Um, Anyway, I just want to point out. My week was spent trying to get into television. Nice. And then I had the privilege of watching some really great movies. Um, But I did. uh, I do want to point out. That is a lie, and we will talk about that in a minute. Um, but Jen, uh, Dylan's family came to visit, his sister yeah. and, and their kids, um, on Sunday, which is great. Unfortunately, I forgot that it was when Greetings from Queertown was playing in the Tampa Bay International Gay and Lesbian Film Festival. So I, I had to, ditch to go to that, and then we all had dinner afterwards, which was great. But I do want to point out that the Greenlight Cinema in St. Pete is delightful. 
Yeah. It's seats about I think it's got like an eighty person seat thing and it's and they've got this like big screen that comes down. It's it it's it's not like a traditional thing. It's just this really cool like indie film place and I, I really liked it. There um everybody at Tampa International Gay Lesbian Film Festival was delightful. Uh the 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 documentary was a hit. People really liked it. Um it there was an interesting conversation about it afterwards. It's kinda of funny because people are like you know, this is this is really to just honor the history and showcase the the pioneers of Orlando that built the LGBTQ plus community here. And the thing, like when people watch it, what they want to talk about afterwards is like, how do we get involved? How do we do something? And so usually like the director is there, or like all these activists that were in the film or in the audience. And they're like, we're going to tell you. But they weren't there this time. And so I gave, you know, Ryan. Yeah. Who we love to talk about on this podcast hates public speaking. So I said, I'm going to let Ryan answer that. And I handed him the microphone and his face was like, I think he was probably so happy I did that. And he just said, vote. And then handed it back to me. I was like, (laughs) I was like, he's a man of many, many words. You got to give Ryan a word count. I probably should have said like, you know, in 100 words. Yeah. Tell people what they can do. Uh, but it was interesting because there were, I mean, there were activists in there and there was a great conversation about helping people get out the vote, encouraging other people to vote and that kind of thing, which is really cool. But it, it also, anytime that I can see that documentary, I, th- I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. I cry every time. And I love that song. I'll tell you this. Though, at the end of the movie, when the credits started coming, mm-hmm. they turned the lights on and the and they dimmed the sound a little bit. And I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> Playing that song, I thought they were gonna cut it off because then the 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 like the one of the board members came out in in front of the screen, and but they then they they stepped aside and watched the whole credit thing. It was really cool. It was a great experience. Nice. I'm appreciative of them. I contemplated joining the board of the of Tickliff. Yeah, I know they're looking for board members, and I just yeah. you know I'm looking for something to get involved in over there, and um, I I really feel like it's important. I mean, as much as we love movies, mm-hmm. I mean, people just need to go to the movies. Yeah. Speaking of which, I do want to give a, a, a quick uh, minute to um, one of my favorite days of the year. Uh, the Academy Award nominations came out last week. Oh, yeah. Very exciting. Very, um, very gay friendly. Um, we had seven performers get nominated for playing uh, queer characters. Some of which I didn't even realize were queer because I hadn't seen the movies. And some of which were queer. And some which were queer. There were two uh, LGBTQ performers who got nominated for playing LGBTQ characters. And that's only the second time that's ever happened. And it's the first time that more than one uh, occurred in the same year. The only other time was Ian McKellen playing James Whale in Gods and Monsters. He got nominated in 1999. Wow, um, that's a whale connection there, huh? Yeah. He played James Whale. Mm-hmm. And then Brendan Fraser was the whale. And he won. Yeah, he was also in that movie, Gods and Monsters. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Full circle, full circle. Uh, Our work here is done. Coleman Domingo got nominated for Rustin. I love him in that movie. Yeah, uh, Jodie Foster got nominated for Nyad. So I those are the her. two queer performers. The other straight actors for playing queer, uh, Annette Benning also got nominated for Nyad. Sterling K. Brown plays a gay dad in American Fiction. So we've. Got I can't to, wait to see we've that. Got to see that. Yeah, I do like. A, I like it because of that one line when he's like got a flight or something and he's doing a shot out of his car and the guy's like, "It's eight a.m." and he's like, "I'm not flying the plane." <laughs> that sounds um, like something I would have said. Bradley Cooper obviously playing Leonard Bernstein in Maestro. 
Um, and then two bisexual uh, performances, uh, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, which I don't know if you've watched that yet, but oh my God, what a good movie. Is it good? So good. And she's bisexual, so you need to watch it, and we'll talk about it on the podcast. Nominated for a bunch of awards, uh, a bunch of Oscars. And then Emma Stone, um, which, quote unquote, I mean, she is bisexual because she has um, sexual relations with men and women in the movie. Um, but I don't know if you call her bisexual, and I don't know how to further clarify that until you see the movie. So go see the movie. But she is bisexual. What movie is this? Uh, Poor Things. Emma Stone in Poor Things. Also, I found out... I don't know that I like the premise of this movie. Most people don't. However... I already don't like the, the, the way it's filmed. Like I said before, it looks like... It looks like it was filmed in a place where air conditioning doesn't exist. And <laughs> and it's going to make me hot and I'm going to fall asleep while I'm watching it. Um, but isn't it about a child? It is about a woman who kills herself a... and her, she's pregnant. So her brain, or I'm sorry, the baby's brain is put into the mother's dead body. So it's like a Frankenstein thing. Now they do say... Because a lot of people were very uncomfortable with this baby brain lady having sex with a lot of people, that um, her growth is accelerated. So by the time she starts, do they say this in the movie, or did they invent this after the movie and people were upset? I feel like there is a throwaway line from Willem Dafoe, who is the Doctor Frankenstein. They went back character. and added that in. Do you see his lips moving when he's like, "Yes, she's actually sixty years old." <laughs> um, but yes, I think that uh, it's a great movie. It's it's shot beautifully. It's it's like an adult version of Lemony Schnicket is how it remind oh, it, what it reminds me of. Not selling. And it. I know you hate things that aren't for ninety year old people from CBS, <laughs> but you should definitely <laughs> check it out. It's a fantastic film, and I feel like That's a lot of a- people aren't giving it a chance because they're. That sounded like it was a blow of the pelt. I will have you know. <laughs> It just combines a lot of things that I don't that I, I am not a person that appreciates period pieces. It mm-hmm. looks like it's a period piece. It is a period piece. All right, see, boom. No air conditioning. Bad. Boom. See, I don't understand what you mean by that. That it looks like they don't have air cuz they look sweaty. That, what was that? You ever see that one? It was like something like Welcome to the Five and Dime Jimmy Dean. You ever see that yeah. movie? Uh, I think I don't know who is that. I think Brad It's Cher. I know I think, of it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Shares it just in looks it, like it's hot. And the guy from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. It looks like the, it's like, like low budget. They had to cut costs, so they turned the air conditioning unit off. And it, and it just looks sweaty. I don't know how to... I'll, I'll point out some movies to okay. you that, that um, I feel are It's that a way. fantastic film. I'm sure it is. I'm and, sure that uh, I will... I You know what? I'll tell you what. It has to be better than what we're going to talk about in a minute. So. Oh, probably. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I'll watch it. Um, but anyway, they got uh, all nominated. Also, Lily Gladstone got nominated for Killers of a Flower Moon. And I don't. I haven't found anywhere where she specifically says she's non-binary, but she gave a interview to People Magazine where she talks about two-spirit and how she uses she-they pronouns because he-she pronouns don't exist in most Native uh, American languages. So she doesn't specifically call herself non-binary, but I, it falls into that whole two-spirit thing, which falls under LGBTQ for me. So she's, she, she gets added to the list. Did you watch a, did you watch a weekend update? No. Oh, okay. I There's saw just one clip from SNL this past weekend, which was the Stanley cup thing. Oh, okay. And then that was on TikTok. I haven't watched the episode yet. They said that she was the first um, native American to be nominated. Yes. And then it showed all the other, 
they showed all the other nominees and they were like, the other nominees are quoted as saying, please don't pick me because it's all <laughs> white women and they, you know, they don't want to be the one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Lily Gladstone got a nomination. Um, have you uh, seen that yet? I haven't. That's on my list to see, but That's I've heard it's really yet. good. Is it good? Is it, does it feel like it's, you know, six days long? Did, did you, did you see Dances with Wolves? Did you see Dances yes. with Wolves? Did you feel like that was really long? I hate that movie. Okay. Is it because you hate Kevin Costner or because No, you because hate... I, f- well, first, because I feel because like you... the movie is stupid. Secondly, I feel like, um, uh, trying, when you watch that and then you watch Goodfellas, I think anybody who would watch Dances with Wolves and say it's a better movie than Goodfellas doesn't know anything about movies. And Dances with Wolves beat Goodfellas for best picture. I feel which is like ridiculous. If you're going to have a title, Dances with Wolves, somebody better dance with wolves. It's a it's not their, one it's a person name. dance with no, wolves because it's his name. <laughs> it's not what he does. <laughs> I thought they <laughs> didn't they give him the name because he yeah. dances with wolves. I don't think he. I mean, I don't know if he did off they camera. They didn't film him. They just, him. So they just, just said, "Hey, this him. is your name." They didn't film him dancing with the wolves. I don't recall them specifically saying why they gave him. You know the what? Name. They did film him dancing with the wolves, but they said, "You know what? Leaving this scene in would make this movie just too long." <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna cut that out. Um, but uh, are there no children of the flower moon in this movie now? What? Isn't what's it called? Ch- killers, killers of the flower moon. <laughs> children. I think there definitely are killers in this one. Uh, probably. I, I again, I haven't it. seen it, but it, 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 I mean, it's Martin Scorsese. He got his tenth uh, best directing nomination, which makes him the most nominated living director. He surpassed Steven Spielberg, and he deserves it. He's amazing. He's fantastic. I don't. I won't say I never saw a bad Martin Scorsese film, but I've never seen a Martin Scorsese film that was shit. Like there's all there's redeeming qualities for all of his movies. Did, you, did he do Departed? He did. Did you like that? I did. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, I was you want me to respond to it too? I, you said that you. I assumed you were asking me for a reason. I thought oh, there was no. a, a, sec, a follow up. I'm not that guy. I'm, right. not, I'm not the guy that's going to be like, I'm going to ask you something so I can give you my opinion. Um, no, but no, since no, but, you asked, yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> I don't think I liked um, uh, Matt Damon in it. Was it Matt Damon in it? Matt Damon was in it. Yeah, I don't think I liked him. He's in very it. weaselly in it. But I liked everything else. Um, I. Um, I don't normally, you don't normally see him in roles like that, which I, I liked him, uh, in that. And that's one of the last things I remember seeing Jack Nicholson in. So I really, I, uh, I really appreciate that movie. I liked it. Oh yeah. He doesn't do anything anymore, right? No, he's retired. He's, retired. he's like 90. Yeah. Um, so lots of, uh, lots of good, uh, movies to, to start watching. Um, and the Oscars will be on. So there's a March lot of queer 10th. characters or queer things in the Oscars. Yeah. So we should we should map out and between now and the Oscars, we should talk about every one of them. Absolutely. I think we've talked about some. We did Maestro and we did Rustin mm-hmm. and, and Nyad. And Nyad. Check, 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 check. We're 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 a third of the way there. We're more than halfway there. Really? I thought you I thought you ratted off a bunch of people. There were seven. Seven. Oh, okay. So we're and we got queer, three. and then we got through four. But we'll also throw Lily Gladstone in there because she's two spirit. So we will. Um, that'll be eight. Okay. So we're halfway there. And if we do Killers of the Flower Moon, um, we may have to do part A and part B. <laughs> it's three and a half hours long. It's it's about the same length as Oppenheimer. Do you know what I was so excited about when when we went to watch movies this time was that the 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 one that we watched 
most recently was like an hour and 24 minutes. Yes. Which that is the most redeeming was, thing. Was of, the lo- it felt so long. Anyway. Being short was the most redeeming thing that about that movie. Okay. So last time when we when we met, we talked about mm-hmm. the Emmys. And then we for about eight minutes, we talked about this movie called Our Son. And then we realized eight minutes in that something had stopped recording. Oh, everything did. Everything. Um, my shut computer down. ran out of space mm-hmm. and stopped recording everything. So we went ahead and cut that eight minutes out, and then um, just made it about the Emmys last time. So we're gonna we're gonna go back and we're gonna backtrack. We've we've written down all of the funny things that we had to say about it, so that we can repeat them. I don't think that's true. I. No, what we talked about in those, what, 15 minutes or so? But I am pulling up my notes for the movie because I did make notes. And in pulling up the notes, I shifted my camera and it turned it off. So that's going to be in two halves. <laughs> there we go. You're back on track. Yep. Caitlin's excited about this because she's the one who's going to have to find a way to make it work. <clears throat> Easy peasy. As Tim Gunn says, do it. <laughs> I never watched this show. Engage. No, no. <laughs> Different old white guy. All right. So so we watched the movie Our Son. Yes. Which is on net. No, it no. is one we, we rented. It is um, oh. a limited release in theaters, but it is available on video on demand. We had such high expectations. We spent money. Yeah. On both of these. We spent our entire, ne- our entire movie budget, queer, <laughs> or our entire wine, why not budget on renting these two movies. <laughs> um, so uh, it's it's got um, uh, where are the li- there it is Billy Porter and Luke Evans are a couple, uh, a married couple, and they have a kid. And it's sort of like and the way you pitch because you had seen the trailer to this before me, yes, and you would pitch it to me as a queer. Kramer versus Kramer. Gamer versus gamer. Gamer versus gamer. Oh, that's oh, that's, uh, that's the Xbox ready up, versus player PlayStation one. Five. Oh, I like that movie. We should talk about that one. I think uh, it was just ready, and I said ready up. Giddy up, player one. Oh, did you say giddy up? <laughs> and I, I said, said ready. ready. I said ready up. I don't go. even know if that's a thing. Ready player one. It's an awesome book and or movie. Anyway, so we talked. We watched. I was like, you understand? I'm saying ready up, right? Yeah, I know what okay. you're saying. But there's no movie called Ready Up One. That was my point. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um. Anyway, the movie we did watch is Our Son, um, and it uh, uh, is a gay couple raising a kid, um, and then uh, trouble happens. Yeah, and then they want to get a divorce. I yeah. mean, that's the gist of it, right? I don't say they want to get a divorce. One person wants to get a divorce. Yes, yes. So the movie opens with uh, uh, a bunch of kids in school at a talent show. And I took a deep breath because I was like, God, it's going to be one of those movies. <laughs> um, I I mean, I mean, it's about a kid. <laughs> I respect stories being told that involve kids, whether it's kids doing something or kids as part of this family unit like this one is. Um, I just it's very rare to find kids who act well. Um so I just I always go into a movie that has children as kind of the focal point um, with hesitance. Who do you think is a who who is a child that acted in a movie that was really good? Oh, um, Dakota Fanning, ha, uh, Haley Joe Osment. Yes, uh, Dakota Fanning. Which one that she was in though? Because like I did watch one where she just screamed the whole time, and I was like, mm, I thought she was I'm, good. I'm in, ready for them to um, get Sam. You. I am. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that was a tearjerker. What's his name? Um. Sean Penn, awful in that movie. 
I cannot stand him in that movie. Um, he's a he's such a caricature in that, and I can't stand it. But I love her in it, and I love Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Um, but yeah, Haley Joel Osment is probably the epitome of kid right. acting for me. Like if you once I see Haley Joel Osment, I was like, you kids all suck. You can go. <laughs> um, although Jason Trem Jason Tremblay, I think Justin Tremblay, Jay Tremblay, um, he was in Room. Um, oh and yeah, he was yeah, in that yeah, one yeah. with Julia Roberts where he's he's got the uh, deformity on his face. He's a great. What kid was actor. that one? He was like an astronaut. He, yeah. he had a helm, astronaut helmet. Yeah, that's um, good. Good movie. He's a good kid. He he reminded me of Haley Joel Osment. Do you know what? Um, Tom Holland actually was in The Impossible. Was, Tom Holland was a good was a child kid. actor. Yeah. So there's a. I mean, it's far in between, but there's some good child child. But actors. you're not gonna like find the really good ones in like shows like The Tooth Fairy or no or. Hot tub time machine. I find it hilarious that you said Tooth Fairy because I don't want to go off on a tangent. But But I will. (laughs) But I was in a movie with the kid from the sequel to Tooth Fairy. Um, I did a a short film for the Full Sail fellas over here uh, as a favor to a friend of mine because one of the actors backed out. And while I was sitting in there, they brought this kid in there who was going to play my son in this short film. And (laughs) we're sitting in the green room. And he's like, so what have I seen you in? And I was like, nothing. This is my first acting gig. I don't know. Do you have TikTok? Because I just <laughs> had dinner with somebody. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so uh, this was many years ago, pre-TikTok. Um, so I was like, I, I haven't been in anything. Um, so he went through his filmography. And uh, one of the films that he had done was he's one of the kids in Tooth Fairy 2. Um, which they could not get The Rock back for the sequel. So the tooth fairy in that one is Larry the Cable Guy. Huh. And he told me all about the movie. And I I was like, well, good for you. And then we went and did our little acting thing, which was like an Amadeus meets the Matrix. You got to see it. Um, I think we need to we cover movies yeah. that have LGBTQ people starring in it. Gotta and find it. I feel it. like we need to, to uh, cover this movie. We'll call Full Sail. I have no idea what happened to the movie. They sent me. Here's the funny thing: is they sent me. Uh, my friend sent me a, a DVD of it, and it was in my DVD collection. And then that was before I moved to North Dakota, and I had a big yard sale. And a guy came up, and he goes, "I'll buy all your DVDs for however much you bought them for." So I said, "Yes," and that one got lumped in with it, not even thinking, "Oh, let me pull that one out." So some guy who bought all my DVDs has that movie. It's a collection. Hey, it's like listen, eight short films from Full Sail. If sale. you bought all of Jeremy's DVDs and you listen to this podcast, we want to buy that back. So we'll double our movie budget to get. I it. play the father of Amadeus Mozart, of a kid who knows of who the child tooth fairy Mozart, is. who knows who the Tooth Fairy is. Uh, and then it flash forwards into he like wakes up in the future and it's some sort of weird matrixy thing. You know what? I can tell you what happened to that movie <laughs> just from your synopsis of it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's my uh, that's uh, I don't know well, how congratulations we got there. Yeah. Your big movie debut. Um, anyway, that just solidifies my point. I don't like child actors. <laughs> um, and I will say right off the bat. I did not dislike this movie. I did not care for the kid. <laughs> the actor playing their son didn't care for I him. I don't remember him too much, Found but I do. I, I remember this, though. And because this is like the kind of a thing a kid would do. And I like it when there's kid movies and the kids do kid things. And he asked, um, which, which dad was it? Um, 
Because I think he calls one dad and one papa. One papa, yeah. Um, he has papa, who was, why can't I remember his name? Billy Porter. Yeah. He asked them, um, he was reading a story, and they said something about an animal's tail. And he goes, why do some animals have tails? And I thought, wow, that's a really good question. Why do some? Really? Did my response was, shut up and go to bed. <laughs> yeah. You know. There's a reason I'm not a father. I was going to say, I'm looking at that bottle. I'm like, yeah, I can see. This. If we had talked about this movie at one glass earlier, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hate the kid so much. Oh, no, I hate the kid from the moment <laughs> I saw the movie. It doesn't matter how much I drink. I, it, it would encourage me to look it up. So I yeah. just want I just want our, sure, our listeners ahead. to know there are many reasons that they have tails. For balance, for function, all kinds of reasons. There's not just one reason. But then I wondered, do we have, we have a tail bone? Yeah. Do they, they get removed at birth? Or tails? Your tail? No. Oh. I'm pretty sure that we evolved past tails. <laughs> I'm sure we used to have them, though, right? When we were monkeys. <laughs> if you believe in evolution. <laughs> well, how easy, how nice would it be to have like someone else to grab something with, you know? I was trying to go to my seat at the movie. I had like two cans of Diet Coke, a cup of ice, some milk duds, and a popcorn. And I just didn't have enough hands. Tail would have been nice. That's all I'm saying. Um. Yeah. So the movie starts out. They're they're happy family. Happy. Well, Except, are they? Well, you can tell, right? So Luke Evans shows up late to the kids' show, and Billy Porter side eyes him like, "Mm-hmm, working again." Yeah. There's that. They definitely give off the we have a trouble troubled marriage energy. Um. So. Um. And there's a little thing, like you said, like he shows up late to the to the talent show. Um, the kid has nightmares and wants to sleep in the bed, and and Luke Evans huff and puffs because um, Billy Porter uh, enables the kid to continue um, to not grow up. So, how do you feel about the kid? <laughs> if you were this kid's father and he was I'd having tell a him nightmare, I'd to go back to bed. He's yeah. he's he's old enough. He doesn't need to climb into his parents' bed because of a nightmare. Grow up. If only Luke Evans had uh, met you before Billy Porter. If only. You would have raised that kid right. No, we wouldn't have had the kid. <laughs> oh, because Billy... He didn't want Luke the Evans kid. Luke Evans didn't want the kid. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert, when we get to that point yeah. in the movie, he didn't even want the kid. Um, so they have a gay couple dinner, as all gays do. They I only have really gay I really enjoy friends. that gay dinner, though. Yeah. I love that. I like a big old, you know, gay dinner with, with some famous gays in it. Like the guy from Book of Mormon. Uh, Andrew Reynolds. Andrew yeah, Reynolds. he's in it. I I like him. I liked him in this. I liked him a lot in this. It's good to see him in things. Yeah. Um, I didn't recognize any of the other gays. I only recognize him and the two leads. But they are gays. I mean, they were all coupled off. Yeah. Um, and then they have a, the token lesbians in their little gay group. Um, and they are pregnant, um, having another baby, um, which becomes kind of a through line of this movie. Um, another thing that's kind of a through line in this movie uh, is the son gets a school project to take care of a plant, and the plant kind of follows the um, the story as uh, the more troubled it gets, the plant dies. And then when the mayor, they, he says, I want a divorce, plant ends up in the garbage, and he's like, <laughs> we need to pull this out and nurture it. It's like, Jesus Christ, who wrote this thing? <laughs> um, now, I do want to say, in all of my gripe and complaining, I actually liked this movie. Yeah, I did too. I, I liked certain things. You know, I like... I like a movie that is just unapologetically that movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily like the word unapologetically, um, but we would never 
when we were when we were in high school, we would never have seen a movie like this. No. So the fact that a movie like this that even is just, exists, yeah, that, that is so um, it's so realistic. So the when Billy Porter, like apparently they used to have an open relationship, and then they decided to focus on each other and not have an open marriage. Uh, but Billy Porter met somebody that he fell in love with, and after he tells this to Luke Evans, like I have somebody and I want to see where this goes. He goes to that guy's house, um, Billy Porter does, mm-hmm. and they have like this intense sex scene that I thought watching that was like, wow, this is on TV. But I guess it's like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's movie. a movie. Yeah. Yeah. But it was still even was like, it was so, it, it was just interesting to me. I was taken back by just how far that sex scene went, um, which I thought was great. I mean, it wasn't like, you know. Matt Bomer you didn't see and wieners. You didn't see any wieners, but you could. It was. It was just passion. You know what I mean? It was. I was it scrolling was, to see if I could find the the rating of it. It was naked. It's probably naked rated body R. passion. There's lots of f words in it. So I like that. I just wrote hell's yeah that sex scene. Um, one thing I didn't like and annoyed me is um, Billy Porter. His character is he's the nurturer caregiver. He takes care of the home. He keeps everything clean. He cooks. He takes care of the kid. Everything. And when he goes to bed, when they're getting to bed in the beginning, he takes his robe off and just drops it on the floor. And I was like, there is no way that character would just drop. He he would hang it up or he'd fold it and put it on the ottoman at the end of the bed. He would not just drop it on the floor. And that annoyed the crap out of me. I thought about it the whole movie. I didn't like it. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, where were we? You know what? It, it... Oh, here we go. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just so we're just get, we're just gonna pick things that yeah we, yeah, that yeah, we yeah 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 like yeah. I'm, I'm googling something. So I wrote this down. Me. So I'm gonna see if you if you remember this. But oh yeah, it's rated R. Of course, there's sex. Apparently, there was a line where somebody said, "I thought you wanted me to be honest," and then the other person said, "No, actually, I don't." <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I I can't. I don't know what what that was. Again, this is, we watched it like a week and a half ago. And my usually we'll watch this the films like the night before and they're fresh in our minds. And I I should have gone back and watched it, but I didn't. But one thing I was I was curious about. So they, Billy Porter, um, once had this relationship with this guy. It may have been it may have been the guy because he told the he told the guy he was interested in that he told Luke Evans about yeah. it and that um, he wanted to pursue this thing. And the other guy was like, "No, I don't want anything to do with you." you yeah, he you're goes, messy. "We were having fun and everything, and you went and ruined it, so yeah. I don't want it anymore." Right? He's like, "You're married. You're." You know, you're untouchable, so yeah. I'm going to Also, go. one thing that he mentions in here, they met six weeks ago. You ruined your marriage over six weeks? <laughs> well, I mean, I think he ruined... <laughs> well, even they if grew you were, apart. Yeah, even if you grew apart six weeks, you think you're in love with this guy? You're moving a little too quick. I think what he realized is that he wasn't in love <clears throat> with his husband anymore. And they just kind of grew apart. You know, one you thing know who I, else didn't love him? Side piece. You know what is I found interesting about this that I enjoyed? <laughs> Your... I didn't. He said it. He said, I don't want to be with you anymore. <laughs> it's just funny because you're like, like so matter of factly angry at this movie. Um, but the um, that you 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 start to pick sides through the movie, and then it kind of shifts, and you get to see all sides of where this marriage just kind of fell apart. And I find that fascinating. Um, but one thing I didn't really understand is Billy Porter asked for a divorce. Yes. And said he was sleeping with somebody else mm-hmm. and wanted to leave. Why was he still staying in the house? 
There's a there's one part where he Luke Evans asks him to stay. He goes, he's going to wake up and you're not going to be here. Mm-hmm. So he asks him to stay. I assumed from that scene it was just the one day, but he stays for like weeks. So I assumed I figured, oh, he must have meant just stay permanently. Um, but yeah, he he ends up. I think his intention was to leave with that. Go stay with that guy. And when the guy was like, "No," nah, uh, so he had nowhere to go. So he had nowhere to go. Or no, he was staying with like with the, with, the lesbians, with the lesbians yeah, the for lesbians. a day or two, and then he decided, "Let's go, to stay lesbians, back. let's go." Yeah, and then he was looking for a place. Didn't really work out. I mean, the the it starts to get it starts to, it takes a negative turn when the when the um, when custody comes up. Yeah, and you know, well, up to a point, Luke Evans still thinks that this marriage is salvageable. Right, and when he finally hears the word, "I want a divorce." I've been speaking to a divorce attorney and you need to get one. Then it starts to, it's like, oh, this is, this is gonna, this is actually real. And he wants a divorce. So he goes and meets this lovely lesbian attorney. Who's one of my favorites in this. Um, I thought she was fantastic. Oh, she's divine. Um, And uh, he meets with her and uh, Billy Porter meets with his attorney and they just start talking about, you know, the lawyers start to get in their heads. It's like, you know, you've got to do what's best for you. And then they each decide that they want custody. And I think they both have valid arguments. You know, Luke Evans is the one with the job and and a stable place to live. And but he's never been there for I mean, he's been there for the kid, but you know how you know how it is. You know how it is. You got the one parent who supplies the money and then the other parent who spends the money <laughs> and spends the time <laughs> with the kid. Um so, uh, yeah, so Luke Evans decides he wants full custody. Uh, well, first it's like he goes, we'll do 50-50. And then when he, he just sees assumed that, they were going to do 50-50. Yeah, and then and when then... he saw Billy Porter was like, well, I think that it would be best if I just had full custody. Then he's like, well, no. And he starts throwing things out um, like, like little bars. Like a pen out of your hand. Um, uh, like uh, uh, when he's talking about it, he goes, well, it's actually my kid. Because the, obviously they use surrogacy. Um, and, uh, they came back quick and they're like, no, in the state of, of New York or wherever they were, where they were in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it, that's not a valid argument. So, um, they start to just get very petty with each other. Um, and then, so then they, they split off and they go to each, each one of them goes to their parents for like these advice scenes. Can I just say, I wrote this down and this is, I mean, I'm certainly not intending this to offend anyone who is a regional actor. But one of the one of the arguments that Billy Porter's character was making was that he gave up an acting career yeah. to to do this. And then they were he was like, what acting yeah. career? And he said he, he did summer stock upstate. I was yes. like I'm like, it's not like in the, in no, that argument, yes, Luke Evans was valid in saying what what exact career did you give up? Right. Now it is a career for sure, you know, and it is it is important and people need theater to go to, but it just seemed like in in the context of this movie, in people who lived in New York, if somebody said they gave up their acting career in New York City, you would just assume it was this Broadway star or this budding Broadway star, not, you know, somebody who did summer stock upstate which by the yeah. way if you don't know what summer stock is it is not easy yeah. it's difficult work so kudos to them i just, just um struck me as a couple of things i thought were weird i watched this with captions on and uh there's a scene where billy porter's walking through the park and the captions instead of with the footsteps saying 
um, walking, like most captions do, it said foot falling, foot falling, foot falling. <laughs> and I was like, that's weird. I don't know who wrote that caption. Did you have it set on like some other sort of, <laughs> you know, was it like, is that like what British people call walking? <laughs> um, also, one I wrote this note down here. One of the things that annoyed me about the kid is he mumbles through part of the movie. Like half of his dialogue, he's mumbling it. And it's like, pull the marbles out of your mouth, kid. Talk. <laughs> so just to be sure, you were not a fan of the kid? No. <laughs> Do you know what? Um, you said that, that they split up and went to the parents. Yeah. So Luke Evans' mom yes. is played by um, Meredith Grey's mom. And Grey's Anatomy. I don't watch that. So I was excited I, to see that. I did not know who any of his family were. But uh, Billy Porter's mom is paid by, played by Miss Huxtable. And I, I was, loved, loved her. Loved her. I saw her. Yay, Felicia. Yeah. She was Felicia Rashad. She was so good in this movie, I mm-hmm. thought. She was like one of the shining stars of it. But it, it was interesting when they went back to their parents it kind of gave you insight as to how they ended up being the parental types that they yeah. are. And I found it fascinating, but I loved, like, I think that, that, um, the end result of this movie was 100% Felicia Rashad's speech. Yeah. To her son. Yeah. If you watch, if you don't even want to watch the whole movie, watch that speech and then just watch the other movie. You get the and you know kids. what's going to happen. Oh, and watch and the two the, sex scenes. And then you don't have to watch the kids so much. Yeah. Um, I did one of the things that, um, uh, Luke Evans' nephew, uh, uh, Max, because he goes, his sister and her kids are at the dinner when he goes to his parents. And uh, I thought this was hilarious because he says, we're getting a divorce. And Max says, um, you guys work so hard for marriage equality. And now your marriage is falling apart. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know what one of the funniest things was when they were meeting the families um, was I think uh, Billy Porter said to Felicia Rashad something like, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't ask me who was the man and who was the woman during sex talking about the father. Yeah. And Felicia Rashad goes, he, he asked, asked me. me. <laughs> and, or then he said something like, I told him it depended on the day of the week. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Good for her. So they go to court and good on the judge. Cause the judge basically says, listen, I'm going to give you a month. Work this shit out. Yeah, Why do you, come you think into it me really with- happens that way? Cause I think that's admirable. I think that's brilliant. If it's not, I think that's how judges should handle it. Say, Hey, let me hear your argument. So you get them out in the air. You hear them and then say, you, you hear what you just said? Take a month and pull your heads out of your asses and figure this out. You're grownups. Right. You're and, grownups. You're in yeah. love. You're married and you've got this kid that, that this affects. So you're all, you're, he was basically like, you're both right. You're both wrong. Figure it out. Yeah. Now, I do want to say, spoiler alert here, because it is a newer movie. So if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to know how it ends, um, look away. Change, uh, fast forward like five minutes. Here, I'll just do this for you while he's like, no, 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 no. So, um, at the end, when Billy Poor or um, Luke Evans finally breaks down, he calls uh, his lawyer and he says, "Let him have full custody." Um, at this point, he goes for a walk. Did you think he was going to get shot? <laughs> I don't know if it's my gay trauma from watching gay movies. I, I he's walking. I thought something was going to happen. I thought he was going to get hit by a car or, or a, shot. A gay bash. Yeah, something fight. violent yeah. was going to happen. But all he does is he goes to a bar. He finds this cute little twink. They do his makeup in the bathroom, and then they go back to the house and have sex. And I was like, well, that's not what I expected. Um, oh, yeah. you know what? I wrote this down because he, Luke Evans, I was like, why is it? Why did I write this down? But I, knew, I remember now. Um, so Luke Evans goes to a bar. Now he's yeah. like this, he's been in a relationship forever. He hasn't 
been with anybody but Billy Porter in a while, except for that third that they had in their relationship. He hasn't been on a date, nothing like that. He walks into a bar and he catches the eye of, you know, what someone who appears to be sort of this non-binary um, uh, figure that's just really young. I think he just... This, he just this, looked like a party twig. Yeah, like a party twig. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, you can tell that, like Luke Evans, it's been a long time since <laughs> I've been out to a, to a bar after 11 o'clock at night where there would be a party twink. And so, okay, let's call him party twink. Party twink goes up to him and they kind of hit it off and um, they go back to Luke's place and they're getting, they're making out and they're like, they're going to have sex. And Luke Evans says that it's been a while since he's been with somebody. And um, the, 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 I thought the twink's line was funny. He says, not much has changed since then. Still yeah. a couple of penises. Yeah, I wrote that down. Still <laughs> just a couple of penises. Um, so uh, the lesbians have their baby. Um, Luke Evans is out on the bench outside the hospital. And Billy Porter comes up and he's like, thank you. Um, I didn't know if I should call you and thank you or what, you know, he goes, I just started crying when he said, I found out that I was going to get sole custody. And he goes, I thought I was crying because I got everything I wanted, but I was crying because I didn't understand why we just weren't sharing him. So they agree after all this money, after this court battle, you're going to pay these lawyers. You agree on originally what you two should have done anyway. So lots of wasted money to come around to what you were initially going to do anyway. And I thought like, what I thought was interesting is that that process seemed to be necessary for them. Like how you had mentioned, like there was the guy who made the money and there was the guy who kept the home and they, they were put into those roles by each other. And then they were, they were sort of prisoners of that structure mm-hmm. because of each other as well. And so Billy Porter felt when that, when that kid was born, he fell in love with that kid and Luke Evans didn't fall in love with that kid the way that he did. So he wasn't a good enough father. And then to Luke Evans, Billy Porter was too lenient and not the right kind of parent. But then it was, I've got to work and make the money so I don't have time to be emotionally wrapped up in what you guys have going on. And then it was, you're not giving us the emotional support we need because you're always at work. And they just got into this vicious thing and it grew into this nasty divorce where when one person finally said, you know what? He is he's happy with you. You should keep him. That then they could put all that aside and then they then they suddenly respected the roles that each other played. And I thought that was I don't know, that was really good. It was there was no vi- there was no villain. You know, I seem to remember in Kramer versus Kramer thinking that Meryl Streep was a villain. That's funny cuz I every time I've seen Kramer versus Kramer, I never think of her as the villain in it. I think of her as a woman who um, I mean, particularly back in the 70s, you have a particular box that you're supposed to fit in, and she just didn't want to fit in that box. Now, I will say that I was- Now, she shouldn't have abandoned her kid and her marriage the way that she did, yeah. but I don't blame her. as I don't look at her as a villain. Well, I will say that when I saw this, I was probably the age of that kid <laughs> was in it. I mean, I saw it when it first came out. Yeah. I haven't watched it since, um, but that was my impression, that she was causing all of that, that problem. I'm sure when she came back, she probably had a, a monologue that was- Oscar award winning. She did about win an Oscar the struggles that she went through, and she didn't get the support she needed. But it just it <clears throat> it and it probably wrapped up nicely. I just don't remember that. Um, but it did in this, and I thought that that it was really nice. That it was we have to raise this kid together, and we have the same group of friends. I also appreciated that whole aspect of it. There was there was a bun- There was a lot going on um, where during the divorce the friends were like, we're going to do our best to support both of you. And even though some of them may have been Luke Evans 
friends more than Billy Porter's, um, they were like, he's destitute. He needs help. We're going to help. And so I thought it was cool. I like the way that it was all handled. Yeah. But I mean, it was a good movie. All in all, it was a good movie. What do yeah. you think? Um, what do you think on the on the old RT? How many tomatoes? Um, I don't know. Is there there's an, a critics and an audience score? <laughs> you know what I just thought about? I just really want to. It's been a long time since I've seen Kramer versus Kramer. So when I said that Meryl Streep was a villain in Kramer versus Kramer, don't email me and yell at me that I don't support women's rights. I I yeah. get it. There's. <laughs> I'm totally more shocked. I mean, when Kramer versus Kramer came out, you must have been six or seven. <laughs> What right. six or seven year old is watching Kramer versus Kramer? <laughs> I watched that movie much later in like my twenties. Oh no, I watched it when I was young, and um, I mean, it's just what I, I watched. What my mom watched. Yeah, you know, I sat. I spent all my time with my mom. Watched all the soap operas. Watched Kramer versus Kramer. Very nice. Um, there, there's a critics and an audience score. There is a critic. And an I audience. will say the critics. I don't know. This seems like a critic, lovely movie. A critic, a movie critics would like. So I will say eighty eight for critics, and I will say. It's a little melodramatic. I'll say 85 for audiences. 86, 81. Oh, all right. I think that's, I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, I look at it like, I don't know that Rotten Tomatoes looks at it this way, but that's, it's a, certified that's fresh. a solid B+. Plus. It, it's certified fresh. And I think it was it was enjoyable. It's worth watching. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't watched it, you probably don't want to now that we told you exactly what happens. I told you to turn away. <laughs> if you didn't listen, listen. You need to listen to Jeremy. Um, but I know a lot of people who who doesn't who don't mind spoiler alerts. They'll still watch a movie. Yeah, I somebody told me the exact plot of My Girl. I watched it, so cried like a baby. Yeah, it's a good movie. I saw that when I was two. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did see it when it came out. I did love it. Yeah, Veda 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 Saltenfuss. What? That's her name. What's her name? That's in Veep. There we go. Um, yes, Anna Klumsky. Yeah. Yes. I think her character's name was Veda Saltenfuss. I could be wrong. What's doing that? There we go. Anyway. You got it together? We're good to go? We're going to move on to this masterpiece that we're going to talk about next? Yes. This movie. Well, we have promised this to you all for a long time, and it finally hit a place where we were willing to spend the money to watch it. Yeah, for a while, you weren't able to rent it. You were only able to, um... To buy it. To buy it. And I ain't paying 20 bucks for a movie that I've heard nothing but shit from. <laughs> and speaking of shit, it was. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a movie. Um, for those who haven't seen it or been paying attention to what we talk about every week to w- from week to week, we finally broke down and watched Dick the Musical. Dick's the Musical, um, which is a uh, musical comedy last year from the prestigious studio of a24 <laughs> so it's gotta be good a24 greenlit this yeah well here i did a little research it actually was greenlit by fox back before disney bought it and then disney bought fox and said what's this piece of shit Get this out of here. <laughs> we're not making this so a24 picked it up um and uh it is a it based off an off-broadway musical called fucking identical twins uh, and it's created by Josh Jacks, or I'm sorry, Aaron Jackson and Josh Sharp, who are the two guys who actually star in the movie as well. You know, after reading Harvey Firestein's book, it makes more sense to me that a show like this would be off Broadway. Yeah, well, the, the the Broadway show or the off Broadway show is very different than the movie. So, Fucking Identical Twins is a 30 minute show, only has six songs, and the two guys, Jackson and Sharp, play every character. And it's in some basement theater somewhere uh, in uh, in New York. The movie 
is almost 90 minutes long, has 24 songs, even though a couple of songs are like a few seconds long. Um, but it has a soundtrack of 24 songs and then has a cast of like, I don't know, 15, 20, a uh, bunch of people. So it's they're very different animals. So I feel like you would go see this and then be like, oh, a movie version. That sounds interesting. And be like, what the hell did they do to it? Because um, it's... It is a movie. I have spent most of my time since watching this movie trying to figure out this the simple question of why does this movie exist? And yeah. you know, is it is there is there a point they're trying to make? Is there something they were trying to do? And the only thing I can like come up with is that they wanted to be like that Trey Parker shock value um, musical kind of thing. Trey or- Parker, Matt Stone. Yeah, I like to give. I like oh, to give sorry. credit to yeah, both yeah, of them. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, but like, because they, I did... feel like Matt Stone's listening to this podcast. He's like, fuck you. Yeah, I, Matt Stone's telling Trey Parker, I was listening to Jeremy's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering who the fuck is this Rick guy. Um, so, but they did Book of Mormon, right? Who did Book of Mormon? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, Matt Stone and Trey right. Parker, the South Park guys, they did Book of Mormon. And, and so, I feel like these two guys emulated them and were like, we're going to do something South Parkish. I think so. that's that's the only thing I can think of is that yeah. they, they aimed for something like that, which like the like the song Hasadiga Ibowai yes. from there is a lot like... Like the, the Love is Love song at the end. Or the one about God. Yeah, it's called Love is Love. Oh, okay, yeah. But the lyrics in it... Are not loving, <laughs> loving. So, so it's um, you know. So I, I guess I could say maybe they were trying to do that. And who did Team America? Was that was that, that was awesome? Yeah, yeah. Trey Parker. I, and I get Stone. this whole vibe like yeah. they were trying to be this thing. I mean, being their own people and saying, "Hey, we had this hit off Broadway show. Let's turn it into a movie." Mm-hmm. So I, I guess my, I, I can wrap my brain around that idea. What I cannot wrap my brain around is how they got who they got. Who they got. So it's directed by Larry Charles, who is well known um, in the comedy uh, world. He directed a lot of episodes of Seinfeld um, and Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's very much involved with uh, Jerry Seinfeld and and, um, Larry David. And uh, he also directed uh, a a trio of Sasha Barra Cohen movies, Borat, Bruno, and The Dictator. You know, I really love Borat. I do too. So just, I mean, from that kind of prestige, you've got Larry Charles directing this. And then you've got um, uh, Megan Mullaney. You've got um, uh, Nathan Lane, uh, Bowen Yang, and Megan the Stallion. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like, and the rest um, in this movie. So they got some big names in the movie. So it's like, wow, they, this script must have drawn them in because of its wit and humor and it's breakdown of the psyche of the American spirit. Oh no, none of that shit is in this. <laughs> no, uh, I mean there is a breakdown. There is, yes, <laughs> in the psyche of the <laughs> human spirit. Um, so it's for those who haven't seen the movie, it's basically a a hard R bordering on X um, retelling of the Parent Trap with uh, these two guys. They play, and I'm going to use air quotes, identical twins. Because they don't look at all like each other. They don't other. look like each other. And I, you know what I'm going to say? That's one of the charming aspects of this film is that they are not identical yeah. twins. But everyone is like, you, you, guys, <laughs> you guys look the same. And they're like, no, we don't. And they're they like, don't. just like brothers. But everybody thinks they're identical twins. So they're like super salesmen in each of their companies. And their companies merge. And their boss is Megan the Stallion. 
and uh, they come together, and they are described as hyper-masculine, misogynistic salesmen. They are not hyper-masculine. They are both... <laughs> Very gay, but they come. They they portray themselves as oh, we're super masculine men, and we have sex with lots of women. I did write this down because I think that I, I did find this funny. Is that it in this movie there are two gay actors playing straight? Yeah, and um and and what they think straight guys are like when they um are um. I, there's a reflection on the screen, and it's really freaking like something was grabbing my attention. Sorry, sorry, everybody listening, um, but it's like their version of what straight people are like when they have sex with women, and yeah. it was kind of cracking me up. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, they're yeah, they're very weird, and uh, it's like they think yeah, like this is what they think straight guys are like, but they didn't research or watch anything to do with straight guys, and they're like, this is how the straights act. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which kind of cracked me up. And then there's like this big opening number, right? Yeah. Where they're introducing themselves. I don't know if you noticed this, but I'm just going to tell you, I hated this movie so much mm-hmm. that I just looked for anything in it to, to make notes about. So in the opening song, he goes into a coffee shop and he just is like, because they think they're like the big shots, most amazing people in the world. And so he goes to the front of this line at a, like a coffee shop and takes this woman's coffee and walks away. Every person in line to get coffee was pregnant. And I thought, why is there a line of pregnant women in line to get coffee? They love their coffee. But pregnant maybe women they were supposed to be de- drinking coffee. That's what I was yeah. saying. Like, maybe they were getting yeah. decaf. Um, so, yeah. So, they're they're working at the same firm now. And um, they're trying to outdo each other. They're like, I'm the best salesman. Now I'm, you know, sort of like our sales folks do here. Oh, yeah. um, if only we had a microphone in there right now, they'd be singing how they're better than the other. Um, and then as any good um, identical twin movie does, um, they find out their brothers because each one of them have one half of a, a secret medallion um, that when put together. It's very Annie. Yes. Let's them know that they are, in fact, brothers. Um, and then in talking, they realize um, that they are brothers and then they were split up at birth. And they're going to um, well. At first, they want to meet the other parents, so they swap. Um, uh, they swap places, and by places, I mean they switch wigs. <laughs> so they put each other's <laughs> hair on, and they go and meet the other parent who did not raise them. Uh, the parents, as I said, are played by Megan Mullaney, who plays Evelyn, um, who is a wheelchair-bound recluse who has a very I don't know what accent she's trying to do. I think she's just lispy. She's lispy, but it sounds almost like she's trying to do Karen from Will and Grace, but like Karen's elderly mother. Like if Karen and Grace were the same person. (laughs) And um, she talks about how, I mean, there's this whole thing. She goes back and forth with the son. And um, uh, we find out in this conversation that her vagina has died. (laughs) Um, I did appreciate the story. Of it falling off. Or like the one brother talking about how it, it had eyes and was yeah. looking at him. Um, so it, it, it fell off and died. Um, and uh, Real quick, just yeah. completely off subject. I'm going to talk about it later. What's the, name of the, what's the name of the team of SNL writers again? Oh, um, Please Do Not Destroy. Please Do Not Destroy. Right. It's, it's going gonna, gonna to make a point with this later. Um, so as he's meeting Evelyn... Uh, the other one is meeting their father, played by Nathan Lane, who's, uh, whose name is Harris. And he is newly out as a homosexual. 
um, after he was married to or with uh, Megan Mullaney's character and they had the twins. He realized he was gay. Um, on top of that, he also keeps two mutant pets in his house in a cage that he calls the Sewer Boys. I mean, come on. That he feeds like a mama bird by chewing up food and spitting it into their faces. Like he chews up lunch meat and yeah. not very well. No. <laughs> Just not a very good mama To where bird. it's choppy and then spits it out. Yeah. Um, so they realize, um, that, uh, the, the boys realize after meeting the other parents, um, that they want to be a happy family unit again. So they decide they want to reconnect, uh, the parents so they concoct this plan that they're going to set them up on a blind date and that they're going to fall in love and their little family is going to come back together. And they want to do this because they want to, they want a a full family. Yeah. And... (laughs) You know, I mean, we've set this up that this is a joke and that, you know, so I don't believe this and I don't find this like funny generally, but it's just funny that these gay guys who are probably pretty liberal say these things that are so awful and misogynistic, like um, when they meet their boss making the stallion, they're they're like, oh, oh, women can be bosses too. Uh, But when they're talking about their um, growing up in a single family home. They said single parent homes are not real families, so we have to we have to get our family yes. together. Um, yeah. So they arrange this, and they the uh, Evelyn and Harris come together on a date, um, in which and I this scene there I fell asleep several times during this movie. Um, it is a dreadfully boring movie for how outrageous it is. Right, like I saw Oppenheimer three and a half hours, didn't seem mm-hmm. like it. I saw this, seemed like I watched. Eight Oppenheimers. Yeah. Um, but uh, I woke up just as they, I think, had finished having sex at the dinner table. Is that what I woke up to? Oh, I think so. I think I fell asleep during yeah. that part, too. And they, the boys are, like, all excited because they're like, oh, mom and dad did it. They, they had sex, so they're going to get back together. And they're like, oh, no, we were just lonely. We're not getting back together. And the boys throw a tantrum, and they're like, but we want a family. Um, and, uh, they storm off and then we get this montage where the boys haven't or stopped talking to each other and they're not talking to the parents and their lives are miserable in the beginning when they were being sexist and everything. And everybody's like, ha ha ha, you're adorable. Everybody's now like, you're a piece of shit. Um, and they're just, their lives are miserable. Much like our lives are miserable watching this piece of shit film. It's so funny that you, I, I don't know if I saw that montage. Oh, I may you fell slept. asleep again. Wake up. Um, I'm almost going to fall asleep talking about it. (laughs) So the parents decide they're going to concoct a plan and they kidnap the boys to bring them together to try to get them to talk to each other and realize that um, even though their parents aren't together, that they are a family. And while they're doing this, the sewer boys escape (laughs) back into the sewers. Yeah. You got to see these things, y'all. I mean, they're they're just they're. They're gross. Yeah. And they're wearing diapers. They're, just, they're little rubber monsters. They're not even, I don't even think they're CGI. They're rubber little yeah. monsters. Oh, because you saw them yeah, the, you in see- the clips. You see how they had like. Um, yeah, they got sticks. Th- they and- got sticks moving yeah. them, but they're on like green screen sticks. So yeah. You can't see the sticks. So they escape into the sewer. So the family decides we're going to go as a family unit and we're going to re-get, recapture the sewer boys before they get into trouble. So the family goes down into the sewer. And the poor sewer boys are being, uh, they've been cornered by some sewage sewer workers <laughs> who are going to <laughs> euthanize them. So um, how, how do they rescue them? 
Uh, Megan Mullaney nurtured her vagina back to life, and she, she sicks her vagina she on She pulls them. it out. Yeah. She's got a vagina in her hand that has eyes. Yeah. And wings. she and, and, it and flies wings. and yeah. attacks them. Yes. And saves the sewer boys. Is it, is it, is it Megan Mullally or Megan Mullaney? Mullally. It's M-U-L-L-A-L-L-Y. So I just want you to know, Emmy Award winning. Emmy Award winning. Megan Mullally. Emmy Probably Award Tony winning. Award winning or, right. Megan Mullally and Nathan Lane. Both yes. of them are Emmy winners. Tony winner, Nathan Lane. Yeah. I don't know if Megan Mullally has a Tony. Okay. But just these, incre- it, this is what she does now with, yeah, <laughs> this is, High this is the role she actresses. has. First of all, um, Nathan Lane is half chewing ham mm-hmm. and spitting it into these rubber they, monsters. This, the credits are outtakes and Nathan Lane even says, this is the dumbest thing I have ever done in my career. <laughs> he says, this is the most humiliating oh, thing yes, I've that's ever what he done said, in my yes. career. And he's like, he just goes, wait, what do you, and the producer or the director is like, just chew it up and spit it at him. And he's like, what? So it just made me think like, seriously, somebody just said his is like, listen, you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars for three days of taping. Just show up to this place at this time and do what they tell you. And he's like, okay. And then they're like, do this. And he's like, what? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so she, and then in the outtakes, so I just want you to know her vagina is like, um, a flying creature yeah. in in the purple. movie, a flying but purple creature. there's a prop that she has that looks looks like I don't know. Just it looks very different than it does in the movie. But the prop that she's and they're like, yeah, just hold your vagina up, and she's like, what? Yeah. Even the guys too, when in the outtakes, the two guys starring in it, they're just laughing, and one guy's like, "What are you laughing at?" And he goes, "I can't believe we're making this." Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Um, so the sewer boys are saved. And Nathan Lane's character realizes that he has his family back together. So the sewer boy, he doesn't need the sewer boys anymore. Because apparently they were a crutch. Uh, a, 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 um, they were a replacement for the family that he lost. So he has his family back. So he says, go, go sewer boys. And he lets the sewer boys go live with the sewer family yes, that they were go born from. live your lives with your family. Because I have my family now. And, and you think, thank God we're approaching the end. Because this movie can't get any weirder. Just when you thought you spoke too soon. But it can. Um, so the family decides they're going to live all together and move in. Um, but instead of buying a house or an apartment or getting an apartment where there's enough space for everyone to have their own room, they move into a place where their two grown bro- br- two grown sons have to share not only a room, but they share a bed. Like a twin size bed. Yeah. So they're in bed. And then, you know, as things happen, one thing leads to another, and the brothers start to- As one does when two identical twin brothers who are straight lay in a bed together. They have sex. The two brothers have sex with each other. See, I'm going to differ with you there. I I am not sure that what I watched was two (laughs) brothers having sex. I mean, they licked each other's faces for a while. Yep. And then all of a sudden, their clothes were off. Mm -hmm. And, like, I can't describe the. Imagine people- Okay, so we're all adults- I hope we're adults. We're listening to this. We all know what 69 is, right? I'm sure we do. But have you ever seen a walking 69? If you haven't, watch this movie. You'll see it. Actually, they go by twice. I think they switch positions. Yeah, they flip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they realize after fornicating that uh, there is no loving better than the loving of your twin. So they want to get married. Wasn't it a song in like Greece? Brother loving? Had me a blast. Uh, mm. Brother loving happens so mm. fast. 
So yeah, so they go to get married, and I must have seen a different version. Presiding over the wedding is officiated by uh, God, who is played by Bowen Yang. Um, and as he's marrying these twins, protesters come breaking in, one of which is a cameo by Nick Offerman, who is the husband of Megan Maloney. Um, who is um, in that incredible episode. Oh, of, yeah. Well, just what him of, too. Just won an Emmy yeah. for that episode of The Last of Us. And God stops the protesters and he says, hey, the love of Craig and Trevor is true. And it is so pure and so beautiful. I'm going to put this shit in the Bible. And he writes the love of the twins marrying each other as a Bible story. And he says, I'm doing this because I'm a homosexual. And then they sing a song about how God is gay, but they don't use the word gay. No, no. And then they dance and sing and then jazz hands roll credits. The credits were the most entertaining part of the show. You know what wasn't the entertain most entertaining part of this? The, the first five ninety nine I had to pay for this shit, <laughs> right? I would. I mean, you might as well You'll pay be somebody an invoice <laughs> five ninety nine for somebody to kick you in the nuts. Yeah, um, oh, five ninety nine for getting kicked in the nuts would have been more enjoyable. Now, I want to say this: like we both agree on this. As bad as this movie was, it was like, and we're talking like a baby step, but a baby step ahead of Naked Boy singing absolutely would watch this again over naked boy singing i don't want to watch any of them again but if it was like you're going to be killed right now unless you watch one of these movies again i'm putting dicks back on i will ask one question may i spend the same amount of time sleeping the second time i watch it as i did the first time and if they say yes then i will pick i'll pick dicks yeah the musical so what do you think and i want to put this all in perspective okay because we both saw um, please don't destroy the treasure of Foggy Mountain. Yeah, yeah we both watched that, and it was. It not, also is a stupid movie. It's a but stupid it's movie, but it was kind of cute, enjoyable, stupid. It's, yeah, it's enjoyable, stupid. That on Rotten Tomatoes has a forty-two by the critics, Ooh. and a ninety-two by oh. um, audiences. So, with that in mind, what do you think, Dick's the musical has? I don't want to answer this. Um. I mean, I want to say that critics and audiences are smart and that these are very low scores. Can I give you a hint? Yeah, sure. They're the same score. The audience and the critics? Remote, far removed right. from society. So I'm going to say um, it's got to be in the four, 45 for both. <laughs> but I know I'm wrong. One would think. 66. For both? For both. Oh. I mean, that's not a good rating. I mean, it's not rotten, though. So this is curious. The reason the I wanted to look- is you're not certified, but you're not rotten. The one thing I wanted to like, the reason I want to look it up, though, is because um, there's a scene. Uh, first of all, who is it? Dakota something that's the host of? Dakota Johnson. That's yeah. right. That's the host of uh, Saturday Night Live. She does not look like herself. They they'll play clip anything that they videotaped. She looks like she does in the movies. Yeah, everything else she looks like a completely different person. It's so strange. But there's a clip when she goes in. You know how like whenever there's a guest, sometimes they'll go into the the please don't destroy yeah. writers room and they'll have a little thing. Well, she decides to go in there and like s- shuts the door and and just 
they're like, oh, we're such a fan. And she was like, yeah, I saw that your movie and it sucked. And then they're like, oh my God. And then so she'll, but then they start like roasting each other, which is really funny. But she, she made a comment that said, you know, um, about your, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just over here laughing at your 66% rating on, on, um, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, which made me look it up because this had 66, but I guess maybe they average it. They take the 42 and the 92 and make an average because no, not not 66. No. Um, I'm I maybe she was looking at Dick the Musical. I don't know. Maybe um or maybe she was making a joke saying they made that. Um I don't know, but she did make fun of them because what was the name of the group of the writers when Adam um Andy Samberg was uh, Lonely it? Island Boys. Lonely Island Boys. She called them the Lonely Island Boys at one point in there and it was funny because they got real mad. And then there was a whole nepotism thing, which I didn't yeah. realize that she was Don Johnson's yeah. daughter. Yeah. 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 So that was cool. I will say, um, I like her when she's on, because she's very snarky on talk shows. And I like that snarkiness. She is, to me, what Kristen Stewart is to you with acting. I I think she is one of the worst actresses I have ever (laughs) seen perform. And she just, she has no acting ability whatsoever, and it drives me nuts. So I can't watch any of her movies, but I do find her delightful on talk shows. You should watch the, um, just the, the, Please don't destroy video and weekend update. Then you don't want to watch yeah. the rest of it because she reads like one thing I love about Emma Stone being on Saturday Night Live or she, she or Adam a, Driver yeah. is they they take on these roles as real and they act yeah. and they have they their both lines would be memorized. amazing as cast members. Yeah, but the um, but she just she stared off, like people were talking to her and she stared off the screen. She's reading oh, the cue that, cards and it's really odd. Um, the Jacob Lordy. And Lordy, who I think is adorable. Um, he was that. I watched his ep- that episode last week, and I was like, oh, no. he's." And how are they going to have him on that show, and he doesn't take his shirt off? Yeah, right. <laughs> they didn't want to do, like, a parody of Euphoria? You know, you know what we came here for. <laughs> Pull them nipples out. I bet he's like, um, I'll do it, but I won't take off my shirt. Uh, I'm a serious actor now. How come he didn't, like, reenact the last scene in Saltburn? Right. How come he didn't kill that other guy and then he do the thing? He was on Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Fallon showed him these this line of candles that came out that are based on Saltburn and one of them is called Jacob Elordi's Bathwater. And he goes, take a sniff. So he started sniffing it and then he started to slurp the candle, which was kind of (laughs) hot. You really should look back. How many candles did you order? (laughs) I have a dozen on their way. Um, So yeah, so um, one movie that that was pretty good, one movie that was garbage yeah and we're gonna find some good ones we're gonna talk about some good ones we we're are gonna, we're gonna look at the it's oscar, oscar list season and we're gonna start getting those yes out. um i think that uh you should watch anatomy of a fall this week and we'll okay. talk about that next week and then um we'll find a second one um if killers is on streaming maybe we'll watch that um and uh um we'll do we'll hey, start any to, chance that in the leftovers is that what it's called the holdovers, the holdovers that that the character that's gonna win is a lesbian no in fact, one of the storylines is, is about her son and uh, her mm-hmm. husband. But you should watch that movie anyway because it's amazing. It's such a good movie. All right. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, so check the Oscar nominations. Uh, watch some Ooh, of the movies. Speaking and we'll, of nominations, uh, yes. Wine Why Not oh, is nominated yes. for a Wave Award. Wine Why Not is up for a Wave Award. Final round of voting. The final round of voting. Ballot wanted to pop out of my mouth. Um, is on right now. Go to watermarkonline.com. Yeah. Uh, 
It's at the top of the screen. Click Vote for that. Fa- we're up for favorite podcast in slash radio store in Central Florida. I'm also up for favorite writer. So Ooh, yeah. feel free to free, feel free to check that box if you like. WatermarkOnline.com. In stereo is uh, up for favorite website. And we worked real hard and put a lot of money into this new website. So tell us how much you love it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. So you got a lot of homework to do. So get to it. And we'll see you next week. And until then, the cork is back in the bottle. <laughs>